Do you love watching sports highlights? Five Star, the world's first sports highlight rating app is here. Athletes and fans can share, view, and rate the best sports highlights between one and five stars. The app is comment-free and has athletes of all skill levels, even pros like Kylie O'Miller, Kyle Harrison, and the 2022 PLL MVP, Trevor Baptiste. Download Five Star Highlights to earn yours. We have a, a really, really cool guest this week. Gavin Adler, defender from Cornell, joins us. Uh, you know, we've been spending most of the preseason talking to coaches. Coach Tierney was on last week. Uh, Rutgers we had on, and, and we're kind of circling the country. But uh, really, really glad, Gavin, that you could join us. Welcome in. Yeah, I really appreciate you uh, having me on. Looking forward uh, you know, to so, this conversation. So often we we uh, we end up talking to coaches too much, and we don't get the players uh, players view viewpoint, which is really uh, most important. First of all, I want to say you know we we grew up in in similar areas. I'm from Limburg, Long Island, which is a, a town adjacent to where you grew up in Hewlett. Uh, I used to jog through Hewlett Harbor uh, when I was training for wrestling. You know, uh, after dinner, I'd go for a, a little little stroll, and and that was part of my uh, part of my routine. But back then, Hewlett didn't even have a lacrosse team. Uh, they added it and they've gotten good and to produce players like yourself. What, what were your origins with the game? So I actually started playing in fourth grade. I was an attackman growing up. You know, I, I loved offense. I love playing attack. I love watching all these superstar college attackmen. And so I actually wanted to try out for this club program called FLG in Long Island when I was in about seventh grade. And when I went to the signups, there were no attack spots left, you know, so for a day or so, I was thinking about, you know, what do I do? There weren't really any other, you know, great Long Island teams, you know, all the 91 Express teams, they were already filled out. They had their guys. So I looked at the tryout spots. I was like, well, there's a defenseman spot open. So I was like, you know, maybe I could just try out in two weeks and hopefully make it as a defenseman and then switch to attack as maybe I make the team. So I tried out as a defenseman, you know, I went to the field for a week or two before that, never touching a long pole before. And I got lucky and made the team. And I guess the rest was history. I kind of just stuck with it and just love playing defense more and more from there. What I love about you is, is you're serious. You're all business all the time. Your, your intensity just, just comes through and in, in conversations we've had watching you play your clips uh, you, you burn, I mean, you, you're, you're on and, and, and as a former goalie, those are the type of defenders that I love to have on my team Guy, guys who I could count on. We're always going to be ready. Uh, you know, whether they made the right play or not, I don't know, but I never had to worry about their, their, uh, focus. Where do you get that? Yeah, I really appreciate that. So I, I've kind of always been this type of guy. I've always been pretty quiet and, you know, kind of coming to Cornell and growing up, not really playing high level lacrosse, not being part of a team that really was too caring about the sport. You know, we only had about 19, 20 guys in high school. We didn't have team lifts in that. So I had a lot of learning to do as I came in. And then I kind of learned throughout my career that that focus and that, you know, competitive approach is kind of what I needed to get me further. And kind of like you said, that that intensity, right? I feel like that's also naturally just always been a part of me as a competitor as an athlete, but obviously, you know, that's grown throughout my career and I've been coached very well with that. But I guess part of it is just, you know, just, just naturally. I've always just been like that. Max Siebold's a Hewlett athlete who set a path uh, and did incredible things at Cornell and then professionally and with Team USA. Uh, I, I would guess that he he's one of your heroes. Who are your primary guys that you looked up to? Yeah, so 
Max is definitely, you know, one of my guys. I've always watched him play growing up. You know, obviously it was a dream for me to come to Cornell. I actually played the first, you know, four years of my life. I started playing, you know, fourth grade to about eighth grade with a Cornell dyed head on my stick that I still have a picture of. I even look at it and give it a laugh. So I've always, you know, loved and admired Max's game growing up. He's still a legend at Cornell. Also, uh, Stephen DiNapoli is another Hewlett guy. Me and him have a, another special relationship. He actually coached me throughout two to three years of my high school experience. And when he left and somebody else took the head coaching job, you know, he he, he just always believed in me. You know, I was 5'1", about 130 pounds, and he took me on the varsity team because he just loved the way I play. You know, he saw something in me and brought something out of me that I never saw. And he he just always believed in me. You know, we have such a special relationship. He's like an older brother to me. You know, we talk all the time. We even train together sometimes, go get dinner. But while I was going through that really tough recruiting process, he was just always there for me. You know, he always tried to push coaches, even though no one was emailing, no one was calling, no one was responding. He just always believed in me. You know, he kept telling me, this is, this is going to happen. This is where you're going to go. And I respect him so much for that. And, you know, I love him to death like an older brother. And those are my two Hewlett guys. I mean, other guys I've admired in the college game growing up watching play. I watched the Grill Brothers a ton. I mean, I love the small defenseman. You know, it it, it hits home in a different way. I watched, you know, Brian Carlunez, Foster Huggins, and then JT Giles Harris. Those were the main combinations of guys. I would just watch a ton of film on them, you know, try to take stuff from their game implemented into mine. And I'm, I've always really looked up to those guys. Good, 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 good players to, to uh, emulate. Uh, given Cornell's success last season, given your individual success, uh, what do you find driving uh, yourself right now? Like what's your, why what's, what's, what's pushing you right now? Well, as I look back on last year, you know, I, I can explain this a little bit, you know, and it still pushes me obviously right now. I look back on last spring I don't just like look at the games we lost and won. My first thoughts go right to the process of the 2020 season being canceled when we were five and zero. You know, having a season taken away from you or a career taken away from you like those seniors had is probably underratedly one of the most gut wrenching feelings. That time period was so tough for us. You know, having to leave each other and just having the season canceled just to be followed up a couple of days later with our athletic trader who we deeply loved and Jim Case who I was very very close with suddenly passing away then a couple of weeks later our head coach leaves us we all felt so lost especially you know it just felt like we had no direction we stuck to our culture you know our leaders pushed us through that found out the rest of our staff were staying you know those few months leading up to that summer just felt like a puzzle and once the pieces fell into place I was really relieved and then you know we come back for the 2021 season new energy but just times weren't the same we couldn't fully practice we had to do social distance workouts non-contact practices we couldn't use the locker room we couldn't even hang out together on the weekends we were all going through all of this and absolutely you know grinded our tails off with a little hope that we would be allowed to play that 2021 season and we finished the fall still no word if we're going to play those fifth years like Jeff T and Griffin Busey Pat Carey those guys come back to play you know who put their lives on hold and then we get back in January and find out the Ivy League says we can't play and we all had to take a semester off and watch every team in the country play while we were all home and not even together on campus for an entire spring. You know, we worked so hard for months to have it all collapse again. And words can't even describe how I felt for those older guys who came back to have the same thing happen. 
you know, we just stuck to our culture, leaned on each other, knowing that there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel. And it was one of the most mentally challenging times that just built a new level of mental toughness. I don't think people understand as an athlete and a competitor, how hard it is to have two consecutive seasons taken from you in a row. So for me, you know, still looking back on 2022, you know, for those times, like I, I couldn't control any of that, what they're going to make. I just looked at it as, you know, when I come back on that field, like I'm going to be ready. I'm using this time as an opportunity to take myself and my game to another level. And that appreciation for playing and competing as an athlete is what got us through that. So all of that happens. We finally returned to campus in 2022, you know, th and this is still explaining, like, this is how I look back on the 2022 season going into this year essentially two classes of new players for us, you know, a new head coach, things looked a lot different. I mean, we knew the work we put in over those two years and the appreciation, like I said, for competing and being around each other was just way more significant. You know, that fall ends, we worked so hard and, you know, obviously everyone's questioning our roster and our program, but, you know, we knew what we had inside that locker room and the way the season went, obviously, you know, there were ups and downs, but I was so proud of how we responded in two years of just, absolute discomfort you know just adding up to that and every time I look back on it I just instantly think about that process you know it made us grow as athletes and people obviously it didn't end the way we hope and I wouldn't trade those memories for anything in the world and it kind of leads into the next question you said you know like what's your motivation coming out of this and obviously you know throughout my entire life like I haven't even explained to you what I went through with recruiting you know that was just a, a mental disaster and, you know, losing in the national championship, like you said, like what comes into this year and being able to come back and play another season after that is not something, you know, many athletes deal with. For me, I think about that game every day. I wake up, I'm thinking about that loss. Like when I take a shower, I'm thinking about that game. When I'm in class, I'm thinking about that game. When I'm working out, when I'm practicing, when I'm going to bed, I'm thinking about that game. And it's honestly, it's mental torture, but I absolutely love it because, you know, it drives me so much further and it makes me want to work for so much more. And for especially my teammates and, you know, the rest of the alumni in the program. So that's kind of what I look at, you know, going into this year. And I just look, keep looking back on that process from 2020 on of kind of what we went through and what I went through. And that's kind of just what still drives me, you know. That's a lot. That's a lot for a college uh, student athlete to have to deal with. The Ivy COVID, coaching change. How do you how do you uh, how do you rely on hard hat twenty one? You mentioned culture. It, it seems like that's an important uh, foundational point to give you strength. How, how do you use that to to get through the things you've gotten through? Yeah. So you mentioned the hard hat first. You know, George Boyardi. You know, I didn't really know much about that story coming into Cornell and the more I've learned, you know, you just get this personal connection with George and, you know, his locker is still in our locker room. We talk about him almost, you know, every day I've got a 21 Jersey hung up in my room and our culture is so unique. Obviously, you know, that brings everything so much tighter, but it's such a staple of our program and we value it so much. You know, we work throughout the years in our careers here to, you know, improve that. And, We've never been like the flashy, talented group of guys. We just value, you know, being great teammates and that hard hat work ethic like nothing else. And we strive to be like George every day and just fall back on it and improve our culture. But definitely I've grown throughout my years to have a special relationship with George that, you know, I never thought I would have. And we have a, a phone-a-thon where it's like a, an alumni call night, right? And I luckily got selected to have a conversation with George's mom. Wow. And it was the most 
touching conversation I've ever had in my life. You know, 20 minutes of that, you know, hearing her stories and her love for the program. So that's also kind of what drives me into this 2023 season. And that's phone call I'll never forget for the rest of my life. Cornell has a unique connection with, with alums from different eras that, that have been tied together uh, through tragedy at times, but it's, it's an amazing group. Uh, you're, you're, you're super lucky. You know, I look at last year, you guys, uh, 14 and five lost in the NCAA tournament, uh, in the, in the finals, good game against Maryland, great start last year. And then you hit some major road bumps in the middle. And then somehow you found a way to finish and you, you found a way to like improve there in the last month of the season after losses to what army Brown and, and, and Yale in the Ivy league tournament. And I, you know, I was at that Yale game and, to see what you guys did after that was really remarkable. What, what, what do you think enabled that? It's interesting because throughout the entire year, we, we faced a, a lot of injuries and, you know, we also weren't an experienced team. Like I, I had five games going into that. I felt like a freshman out there. Like I really had no playing experience and I'm speaking for a bunch of other guys as well throughout the rush. You know, there were only a select very few guys who had, playing experience. So we had to get through the entire year with those ups and downs, you know, just getting a feel for lineups and, you know, injuries happen, new guys are thrown in, but then again, we just fall back on, you know, that whole process of 2022 and just new life, you know, when your back's against the wall, like all that we went through, you know, we kind of just fell back on that and it kind of, it really did push us forward, you know, and once we got, you know, certain guys, you know, playing together again, we had a couple guys come back from injury. Once we got, you know, more chemistry together, we were able to really get the most out of us. You know, we just kept learning and improving and just trying to be competitors every day in practice and falling back on the culture. I think it was a combination of all of that that really got us there. You know, a lot of people would say, you know, whatever, how the bracket fell or, you know, we like we don't look at any of that stuff, the rankings. You know, we just fell back on that whole process of how we got there and just continue to compete every day. The best defenders, in my view, are the guys who can cover their man. But more importantly, they can end possessions uh, or create possessions. They can change that that uh, that math. You've done an amazing job uh, off the ground with with ground balls. How do you describe your 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 ability in that department? Yeah, so ground balls is something as a defenseman I've always admired. You know, like obviously it's. A, gritty stat you know people don't value it as much as goals I think you said it perfectly you know changing possessions and you know a lot of takeaway checks like flashy and stuff but you know picking up a ground ball for you know it gets your team the possession throughout high school you know I was tasked with having to cover a great guy and then take every single wing so I have to get better at picking up ground balls and something I've always worked on and really strive to be better at and you know, throughout last year, we we obviously do a ton of ground balls and drills and practice. I'm sure every single team does. And then that comes to, you know, kind of what I do on my own time, whether it's going against the wall and throwing balls different ways and making it hard to pick up or going out on the field and, you know, goosing balls left and right and just keep doing ground ball work and really working on that. It just it allowed me naturally to just have a better feel for, you know, where the ball is going to be and then how to pick it up and also, you know, there's there's a toughness element in doing that because, you know, you, you got to really want to go get the ball. And there's sometimes that ball's out there and it looks like you can't get it. And if you just, you know, hustle there, you, you never know what happens. So I, I've always really just loved trying to pick up ground balls. I, I think it's part of my game 
that I've gotten a lot better at, but I think there's a, definitely a hunger part in that too. Yeah. It's very cliched, but like, like yourself, you know, it was just always a staple of the programs that I played for, uh, whether it was maybe because we couldn't catch and throw as well as the other team initially, but like ground ball play was, you felt good. If you got a ground ball, that was like a big deal. Uh, and then somehow you get to college and everyone's slick and flashy and well, it still comes down to guys who can get the ball off the ground. It's, it, you know, and, and, and maybe you don't get as much hype for it, but I think the people who know the game appreciate your, your ability on the ground uh, causing chaos on defense. Like I, I, everyone in college, it's really structured. You got matchups, you got, responsibilities you have assignments you have uh the way your defense works you know you got to be in the right spot certain spot we're going to double here double there whatever you know whatever your scheme is but how do you find ways to create chaos as you do uh to cause turnovers within the structure of your scheme i think it kind of comes back to the way i play defense you know obviously the usual ones and the disruption is just you know being in the right spots at the right time but it comes back to the, how I play defense, you know, it definitely is a little different. I get people look at me as an anomaly because I'm small and the way I, the style of defense I play is not really common at all. And, you know, throughout my freshman year, I think it was early in the fall, I went up to Coach Stevens. I was like, do I, like, should I stop playing like this? Like I'm playing Gordon, Jeff T and trying to play him out to the sidelines and, you know, trying to just be a pest and, you know, like, and he's just like, no, like th this is your game. This is your strength. And like throughout my career, he's always just pushed me and I, we've worked on that. I think, you know, it just comes back to that mentality thing of just how I play. And I think it causes a lot of disruption. You know, I feel like the, the style, you know, just being pressed up and, you know, playing guys so far out and kind of like breathing on them all game and just causing disruption, trying to be all over the field. I feel like that kind of puts me in spots to, cause turnovers and I, I wouldn't say it comes down to like one or two things I think it's just the style of the aggressive style I play at if that yeah. makes sense you know yeah my thoughts like when you're off ball and and like what's going on in your mind when you're off ball whether it's adjacent or inside but the ability to be stalking a turnover uh in that posture you know when, when you're not on the oh, when you're on the ball that's obvious and you're going to be super aggressive I get that that I love that but your, your ability off ball, is that film studies, that game sense, is that head on a swivel? Like what contributes to a defender being really active and good, uh, whether you're inside, whether you, you're the two or, or whether you're adjacent? Yeah, so that definitely comes down to a ton of film study. You know, film's always been so valuable throughout my career. And obviously off ball stuff, you got to work on that stuff in practice. You also got to value the component of team defense and you know, causing turnovers throughout that is just being in the right spots, being able to help, you know, play good team defense. And also for me, something that I've been able to, you know, improve on throughout my career, you know, cause turnovers don't just come off, you know, just taking the guy's stick and, you know, checking them. Like you said, being in the right off ball spots, you're allowed it. You're able to get your stick on passes and get it up in lanes and, you know, knock some balls out of the air and take it, pick up a ground ball. I think all that and just repetition, you know, once I got more comfortable with playing and I've seen a couple offenses, you know, you can learn different offenses. I only had five games under my belt and going into last year. And once I got throughout the season, you know, I got more comfortable and things were just coming more naturally because the more I prepared and studied, I was able to be in the right spots and then kind of make plays with ease without thinking. It was just coming a lot more naturally. What's your favorite check? 
I've been asked this one a lot. I, I never really had one going into last year. I never really like looked to throw a lot of checks. I guess, I guess I really like the can opener. You know, Jack Follows has been really good at that throughout my time watching him play, and I've kind of took that out of his game, and we've kind of worked on that together. And you know, throwing that can opener, you know, it opens up a couple different checks. You know, guys could start hanging it a different way and start protecting it a different way. But I've always, I've always liked that one because it gives a lot of you know you got distance on your stick but i never i've never my go-to is never to throw a check you know it's always to have my feet there i feel like there's a time and place to throw checks and doing it at the wrong time obviously you know you lose leverage you get beat or your feet aren't in the right place let's turn let's turn the page a little to uh the schedule you guys open up on february 11th against colgate uh and in the ivy league you have a little less uh, official practice time you guys will have your i guess your captain's practices i would i was thinking about that the other day I, like i gotta think that captain's practices really help the captain's lead you know I, I you know i remember i was captain my senior i was like hey you're voted captain go out and lead it's like okay uh captain's practice almost forced the seniors and and the veterans and the leaders to to take take charge is, is that accurate uh, yeah, I would say that that's accurate. It also helps, you know, the other leaders on our team step up throughout that time period. So we're not allowed to start official practice until February 1st. So actually, we got back here around January 10th and our younger guys, so freshmen, sophomore, their dorms and their townhouses don't open up. So they've been just staying in our house, sleeping on air mattresses and couches. And I think that speaks volumes about our program, you know, the dedication and commitment. So throughout, you know, this time, it's just only captain's practice and we're working out on our own, you know, trying to get that competitive edge. And it's been important for us. I've seen it throughout the years. You know, it definitely plays a role in our success going forward. But that, that's kind of how it's been for the first weeks to come until we're allowed to be back with the coaches. Colgate's your opener. You play Albany, Lehigh, Hobart. Uh, what should be a really good game against Ohio State and then Penn State before the Ivies. Uh, and there's a game with with Army in there. There's no Syracuse this year, which is just a, a atrocious. Uh, that's my comment on it. I don't need a comment from you on it. It's 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 really brutal when we're we're living in a in an era of lacrosse where people throw away rivalry games. Uh, but do you view this like when I played? I, I viewed it like a week at a time. I, I I would have some monthly goals to improve in certain areas over the course of the month, but that's about as far as I ever looked ahead. Like I, I geared everything to Saturday. Everything was like a seven day cycle. Like I, I would not look beyond Saturday and everything I did was to, to try to be my best that Saturday. How, how do you view it when, when coach or when you have the calendar up? Uh, what, what are the thoughts that go through your mind? Uh, I think you, you said it perfectly. And that, that is honestly how I view it as well. You know, we just take small steps forward. Obviously in the preseason, we're not really looking towards the first game. Obviously, you know, everyone sees it on the schedule. But, you know, it's kind of one day at a time, too, you know, one one practice, one workout. You know, we, we got to take care of today until we get tomorrow and not looking past anything either. So I think, you know, in season, you said it perfectly. It's just one game at a time, one day at a time, that seven-day cycle. And that, that's really how we go about our business here. Yeah, I, I would I would back time everything from, you know, from, from face-off on Saturday and whether I needed extra conditioning, extra shots, extra passing, uh, you know, I would do something extra every, every day. I want to ask you about some of the guys and, and, and your coaching staff. Uh, you can give me 
You can give me uh, one word answers. You can give me a sentence. You can give me whatever you want. Uh, first of all, I want to start with with uh, uh, the, the famous wrestler on campus, Yanni Diakamahalas. Do you do you ever do you ever bump into him on campus? Yeah. So actually, we were in a class together and did a group project last semester. He's he's a great kid. Yeah, yeah I got only high things to say about him. Oh, he's he's something else. His uh, you know, his mental abilities. He, he's a really super talented wrestler. Obviously, I think he's won three and three NCAA championships. But his ability to uh, control his mind is 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 Olympic level. He's, he's uh, a good co- person too. Uh, uh, Coach Busick. Yeah. So. Coach Busick to start out, he, he's an unbelievable head coach to say the least. He's a guy of such high character and energy that everyone just loves to play for. I mean, when you play for a head coach that you love, there's just a different feeling to the program. He's such a competitive guy and understands the dynamic of the team because he's been through it. And his influence on us as players is incredible. And I can't talk about Coach Busick without mentioning Coach Stevens, our defensive coordinator. I mean, those two I look at as Batman and Robin together two coaches who love this program as many as much as any coach in the world. And coach Stevens, I obviously have a very unique relationship since he runs the defense. And since he's actually the one who gave me the opportunity to come to Cornell by just watching my highlight tape and talking to me on the phone, never seeing me play in person. We talk about it all the time and I appreciate it. And I let him know all the time. And without that decision, my life would be so different. You know, we had five defensemen in our recruiting class. What made him take a sixth is outrageous. I still don't know, but I'm so thankful for it. And he's one of the very, very few people that I can say that actually believed in me and done so much to help me get where I am. I mean, he's developed me as a player, a person, and a leader to levels I never thought I could become. And when I say this guy believed in me when no one else did, I truly mean that throughout my career, ups and downs. He even told me, you know, many times when I was young that I would be right where I am right now. And, you know, I, I love him so much. He's kind of like a best friend to me who who's my coach and someone I'm just so thankful for. Also, just Coach Busey, Coach Stevens, you know, we all love them to death. I speak for the entire team. You know, that that's that's next level leadership. That's a coach making a connection with a, with a young man. And, you know, you know I, I'd be shocked if Jordan Stevens isn't a head coach within the next two years, because if I was an athletic director, uh, I would be hiring that guy would be really at the top of my list. I would definitely be bringing him and, and talking to him. Uh, CJ Kirst, this guy you see a lot of in practice. He really blossomed last year. He had an awesome summer. Uh, what, what makes CJ tick? What makes him so special is the kind of guy he's obviously, you know, off the field, I would say we're, we're different people. You know, he's more of the loud energy guy, even on the field too. And I'm more of, you know, the quiet guy. But I do see a lot of himself in me because just the way he plays the game and it's just so competitive. He plays so hard. You know, he's there every every practice. He works so hard. It just reminds me of a young version of myself, what I was doing when nobody was watching, just trusting, you know, where it would get me. And, you know, I love going against him. I love playing with him. He's such an unbelievable teammate and a guy that just everyone loves being around. But, you know, those traits that – you know, a lot of the outside people don't really know of like his competitive attitude. It's 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 next level. And, you know, I, I've tried to help him grow as a player. You know, I love hanging out with him every day and playing with him. And I, I could say the world about that kid. Hugh Kelleher, the big Long Island midi who had moments last year that would be like, whoa, what the heck was that? This this guy's going to be something special. What what uh, what what are expectations for Hugh? Yeah, to start with Hugh, I, I actually I had the pleasure of guarding him twice in high school and he was a he was a no name and I came in freshman year and 
Coach Busick's like, we're, we're looking at this kid from Long Island, this McArthur. I was like, no, stop. Like, Hugh? And he's like, yeah. And then brought him in. You know, he visited with me. I was speaking the world about him. And, you know, how much he's grown as a player. I mean, he's a, he's a freak athlete to start. And he works his tail off as well. I mean, he's one of my best friends. And I, I think he's going to be one of the top midfielders kind of for years to come. You know, he's such an important part of our team as a leader and a player, you know, a guy everyone loves to be around. I think I think he's going to do big things. You know, he's just a monster out there. Yeah, he's a horse. Uh, Aiden Blake, who had the injury last year, came back towards the tail end, uh, had some really bright moments early in the season. Seems like a perfect compliment. Uh, you know, Hughes dodging down the alley. Aiden's going to play off ball uh, and, and, and finish and, and make plays. How, how has he bounced back this year? Yeah, he's been uh, recovering well. You know, he's just getting back out there right now. I mean, he looks pretty good, like as good as he can coming back from that. Obviously, you know, we haven't played against other competition. And I'm just so excited to see him and Hugh play together and kind of feel for him because just as he was hitting his stride last year, he kind of got taken out by injury. So I think he's got all the potential in the world. You know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Coach Busick when he would play, you know, him and Hugh were just like – replicas kind of coach music playing in, in a different way but I, I think he's going to have a very big year in fact I, I know he will as well you know we just got to get him healthy and keep him on stride I have high expectations this year for Jack Follows uh, last year I think he had a wrist or an arm injury missed some time and then and then you know his his emergence at the end of the year kind of ran parallel to Cornell's success down the stretch uh, and the two of you down below become something special uh and and you know it's it's not just one guy out there you got two guys you gotta you gotta worry about what how's uh how's jack doing yeah he, he's doing extremely well I, I absolutely love playing with him his older brother was in my class so i've always you know been very close with him and his family throughout my time and like you said him coming back last year that even helped my game so much is that I was able to do so much more with trusting him you know being in the right spots at the right times and our team defense was you know, just so much better with him out there. I think we complement each other very well, and we love to learn from each other. And just playing with him, you know, his mentality as a defenseman, it's very similar to mine. You know, he's kind of a similar person as well, and he's he's just a dog out there. And I'm excited to see what he can do. You know, he hasn't had much playing experience, and I'm excited to help him, you know, develop throughout the rest of his career here. I think he, he will do big things this year for us. The goalie defender uh, interactions are always interesting. And they, they, to me, they differ. I, I, you know, I treated every defender differently. Uh, it, it, whether, whether it was uh, trying to be positive, trying to be positive. I think, I think good goalies are always positive with their guys and they take, uh, they take the blame for goals, even though they, they were not my fault uh, or they're not Chase's fault, but they, he seems like a guy. Chase seems to be man, uh, steady emotionally. Like I've rarely see, seen him, uh, at either end of the emotional, either too high or, or too low. Uh, what, what's it like to play in front of Chase? Yeah, so that's like, like you said, it's a unique relationship, defenseman and goalie. But so Chase is obviously in my class. He's one of my best friends, you know, throughout my years here. And he's honestly one of the best leaders I've ever been around in my entire lifetime. You know, two-time captain. When I came in here, you know, he had a leadership quality trace that just – you can't really teach to a player from, from his young age to now and how much he's developed. You know, a lot of times last year, like I said, we didn't have much playing experience and guys were going in and out of the lineup and our team defense was really shaky at times. You know, I look at the films from last year 
And I'm like, this guy's catching so much of the heat for, you know, stuff that like he really couldn't control. And then, you know, we get that set lineup and we got a kind of our guys back going into the playoffs and he's playing the best four or five games he's played all season. And that's exactly what I expected and exactly kind of what I expect him to do this year. I, I really do think he's going to have an awesome year and he's such a huge piece of our team, you know, one of the most unbelievable people and leaders I've ever been around and a guy like I love to call my best friend. So that relationship is definitely unique and I'm excited to step back out on the field with him. Ivy league should be stacked this year. Can't wait. Hopefully we'll be at the Ivy league uh, tournament again and, and uh, you know, covering a bunch of these Cornell games. Uh, last thing I want to end you end with a question. Like you got a nickname, you, you, you got something we can call you. Uh, there, there's a couple different ones. I mean, not not too many. I mean, some nothing, of my nothing sticking, nothing that you love. Uh, I mean, like lacrosse wise, some of them kind of call me like the hitman, just because I kind of just go out there and try to take someone out. I mean, otherwise, it's just little nicknames off off my name. I mean, that's really the only one. I mean, I know you guys were saying some stuff last year, but that's really all. That's really it. Clark's always looking for new nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> Gavin, appreciate your time. Good luck uh, this semester. Uh, I know you. I know you have a, a, another year of eligibility, but I've heard you're you're probably unlikely to play somewhere else. Is that accurate? Yeah, that, yeah, that's accurate. I'm uh, I'm gonna finish up here and then hopefully see where the rest of lacrosse can take me. Well, good. We hope to see you uh, in the PLL and beyond. Appreciate your time today. Uh, best to everyone within the program, and and really uh, enjoyed talking with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on here. Really appreciate the time as well. Loved having this conversation. Hope to see you soon. Be well. It was awesome. Thank you.